Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Unbreakable with Jay Glaser, a mental health podcast helping you out of the gray and into the blue. Now, here's Jay Glazer. Welcome into Unbreakable, a mental health podcast with Jay Glazer. I am Jay Glazer, and our guest today is somebody who inspires me, will inspire you. But before we get to him real quick, if you're like many people, you may be surprised to learn that one in five adults in this country experienced mental illness last year. Yet far too many fail to receive the support they need. Carolyn Behavioral Health is doing something about it. They understand that behavioral health is a key part of whole health, delivering compassionate care that treats physical, mental, emotional, and social needs in tandem. Carol and Behavioral Health, raising the quality of life through empathy and action. With that, I want to welcome in somebody I'm proud to call a friend, somebody I've really bonded with in the last couple of years, somebody who, again, it's, it's inspirational when you see people overcome things and not just take the cards that life hands us, but we shuffle that deck on it and deal our own hand after that. With that, Ryan Shazir, uh, former first-round pick, 15th pick of the draft, I believe, yeah, for the uh, Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. If I'm correct there, a couple-time Pro Bowler as well, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jay. I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Man, I'm so grateful to have you on here. And the last time I saw you, you and I played golf together. Yeah, we did. Okay. Well, we'll kind, kind we'll of, play. kind of, kind of. You played the whole round. I think I no, hit. I didn't did, did play the whole round either. Oh, you did? I was like, yeah, we, I was like, we both finished a little bit sooner than everybody else. For people who don't know you, I want you to explain why you and I playing golf at all is amazing. The reason that is amazing is just because of what we both been through. But what I went through. No, not me. You. <laughs> <laughs> what what I went through, man, it was you know it, it was crazy. You know, I, I got to play the game that I love, which is you know like you said, football. But unfortunately, while playing, I ended up suffering a spinal cord injury. And with, with that happening, I had to learn how to walk again. I had to learn how to, you know, jog again. I had to, I literally had to learn how to, you know, pee on my own again. So it was just to learn how to do all the things that everybody take for granted. That's why it's a blessing to be able to go out there and hit some golf balls and be out there with you. So, uh, I, I stopped not because I'm not, uh, 
not because I'm I'm sorry, my son. Right here. It's okay. <laughs> I, I, I stopped not because uh, my body couldn't take it. I and and for people who are listening and aren't watching this, the reason why we're laughing, we're not laughing at what happened to Ryan. His son is kind of making his way into the frame here. Uh, <laughs> he just ran off, so yeah. Sucking a juice cup. <laughs> so we're, we're certainly not laughing at what happened to, to Ryan, but hey, man, the more we can laugh, the better it is, right? Yeah, you're right about that. You're right so, about that. You gotta take every blessing for sure. So you get paralyzed in the game against was it the Bengals? Yeah, Cincinnati Bengals. In year four, correct? Uh, yeah, it was a, my fourth year. Going into my fifth year, it was uh, I probably I tell uh, people tell me all the time, and I have a conversation with people all the time. I was probably like four games away from you know me actually uh, reaching that contract, you know. So really, was, yeah. So it was, it was Re- really, reaching your incentives. No, not even my incentive. So I was, uh, I was a first rounder. So you know, I had the fifth year option. So they picked up my fifth year option. I went to the Pro Bowl twice. So the next thing was uh, me getting a contract. But we oh. haven't started talking about it yet. But it was just, you know, like a contract extension. So they were talking about was, an extension about four weeks from then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So mm. you know, you just you kind of figured it. It, it was just a. It was a definitely a tough moment for me because I've been playing for twenty years. Right. Then you feel like you're hey. You've been working your whole life for a moment, and then you're that close, and then it, you know, it doesn't happen. So, but wow. it, it's, it's, but I'm, I'm gonna be completely honest with you. You know, God does things for a reason, and He has a, a purpose for everything, and that's that's what I believe. And I wouldn't be able to talk about the adversity that I've overcome and, and help people right. overcome what they've overcome if I if I didn't go through what I did. Did they tell you you would never walk again, and you did, you didn't take no for an answer, or did they so, say there's a chance if you go through something? So my daughter, the daughter told my wife, which later on, later told me, um, they didn't tell me right away, but they said I had less than a 20% chance of walking. Hmm. And uh, another doctor who's a really good friend of mine, who, who who spoke to a really good friend of mine, he was like, hey, Ryan, uh, he, he told he told him, he was like, hey, I think you need to be prepared that, that Ryan will never walk again. So wow. I had multiple people tell me what the doctors had told them. The doctors don't really tell you, hey, you'll never walk again or you'll have less than 20% chance of walking. Because, you know, if somebody hears that, that can kind of derail them. But yeah. also, it, you know, if you do learn how to walk again, doctors don't want people calling back and saying, I told you so. All right. So you made that choice no matter what. Right? Yeah, I made that choice. When they told me I wasn't going to walk, I was like, hey, you said 20% chance. Hey, I'm making it to the NFL, you got less than a 1% chance. Right. Of making, you know, so... I've I've done some things in my life that allow me to know I can defeat the odds. I want to go back to when it happened. So were you conscious and, and what's going through your mind when you're down there and you can't move? Yeah, so I was conscious in the moment. So I just made it I made a regular tackle. It was a, a tackle I probably made thousands of times in my life. And when I hit when I hit the receiver, my leg just dropped underneath me. It kind of felt weird. And I just rolled over. But I just couldn't feel anything from my waist down. So they kept trying to touch me and they're like, hey, can you feel anything? And I told them, unfortunately, I can't, I can't feel anything. But I was still pretty positive minded. I, I kind of, I tell myself all the time, I was probably uh, in denial a little bit because right. when I was talking to the doctor, I kept asking, like, how, how soon do you think I'll be back? How soon do you think I'll be back? Because it was more of a, I thought it was going to be something very similar to a stinger. You know, like you, you on your stinger, if you hit somebody, your arm goes numb for a bit. And then it comes back. And that's kind of the, the idea that I had when I was going through what I was going through. When did you realize, okay, it's not a stinger? And how did you cope with it? 
So it took me about a week and some change because then I, like, as I was in the hospital, I was still, I had a surgery and I was like, all right, yeah, man, this is, you know, it's pretty bad. And then I knew things aren't going to turn around fast. When one moment I was in the hospital and my god brother was at the hospital with me and he was just sitting almost as close to my screen to like your screen is to you. And I was in a hospital bed and you know how they have the rails on the bed so you don't mm-hmm. fall out of the bed. And I wasn't feeling good that day. I, I I don't know if I had some type of infection, but I wasn't feeling well. And I ended up throwing up, but it hit it hit the rail of the bed. But I was so close to the bed rail that it hit the rail and it hit me back in my face. And when that happened, I like because if you throw it up, you're trying to at least move out of the way. Yeah. I wasn't able to move myself out of the way. And I was like, Yeah, Ryan, you're like you're like you're you're not taking this as serious as you probably think it is. Like this is you're, you're hurt way worse than you you're assuming you're hurt. And after that moment, I kind of uh, like a a light switch flipped on, and I was like, okay, Ryan, it's not like you need to really get to work. You need to really change your mindset and and get ready to get get out there because uh, if you don't attack this right now, you you you're probably never gonna walk again. So I that was the last time I ever told myself, hey. You, you probably never walk again because from that moment on, I was like, I don't care what nobody else is telling me. I'm going to walk. I'm going to play football. I'm going to be back on my feet. How are you able to process that in your own mind? Say, hey, I'm just going to make the decision. Go for it. Instead of falling into a deep, dark depression. Or did you do both? So I don't think I really fell into a deep, dark depression because I was just so laser focused on getting better. Right. So every every day I would just get better, get better. And then I would do things to help me cope. So like, I ended up having like my Xbox in the hospital. Like I had books in the hospital. My wife actually slept in the room with me and which was crazy. They actually allowed her to stay there with me. And she was my fiance at the time. And then I will always have people visiting me. So when like, like my teammates would visit me, my, like they'll have meetings, like the linebackers will have meetings sometime after the day in the, in the hospital with me and keep me in a loop. So it was like I always had people around me that I was always really comfortable with, that I was always really close with. So it made me want to be able – it made it really easy for me to try to release stress and be able to talk to people. So I was just so focused, and they always want – they always motivated me. So, like, I would do rehab, and in rehab, I could barely walk. But they were like, here, come on, Ryan. Come on, Ryan. Come on. You got it. You got it. So it was just like having people that did that for me, it, it made me feel really good. But – I would do that for a while. Then um, every day I would just start to get better and better. And then the days when I did feel a little down or a little sad, because I'm a very uplifting person, I'm a very positive person, my family would just do a really good job of just giving me that positivity for that day I needed. So if I was down, like today, if I'm having a bad day today, my wife would come in and, you know, like play around or do something that would like lift me up a little bit and then just to kind of get me back on my feet. But then every other day, I'm back the same. Like, my wife hates it because, like, me and her can yell at each other. And, like, five minutes later, I'm like, hey, you good? You want to, like, like try to joke around with her? And she's like, no, I'm still mad at you. Right, right. You know, that's a, so, like, that's how I am every single day. So when I have bad days, they knew how to lift me back up. They just help me push on and, like, hey, Ryan, keep going because this is the goals that you want to set. These are what you, This is where you want to be. And it, it really helped me kind of not get into that dark place uh, in the first few years. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I think the most amazing thing, man, is that I guess it wasn't that much longer, a year and a half later, and you tell me the timeline, but you actually danced at your own wedding with it. Yeah, so yeah, a year and a half later. So we, well, so what was crazy. Yeah, what was crazy was I got hurt in 2017. Me and Michelle was going to get married in 2018 in Miami. But then, obviously, I was going through so much stuff at that time. I was like, hey, let's push the wedding back a year. So we pushed it back a year. And because I told myself I don't want to be – I don't want to have a wheelchair in my wedding pictures. I, I don't want to be walking around in the pain in my wedding pictures. So I, I just made sure – I told myself I'm going to get better. I'm going to walk again. I'm going to be able to play – with my kids outside. I'm going to be able to help my kids. It, that's the that's the things that I wanted to do. And then I also was trying to come back and play football again. So those are the things that I wanted to do. So I just, I, I pushed all the things that I felt were important, but not as important as the goal that I set for myself at that moment. And I was able to, to achieve them and able to do them. What can you teach the rest of us 
and how you were able to stay positive throughout all this. Besides your, it, look, I love, you have your teammates, you have, but it's, it still comes down to what's between your ears and behind your ribcage. What did you so, learn through that process? I think the biggest thing about what I learned through that process is that the, you know, the, the mind is, you know, the strongest muscle, you know, the, your brain is the strongest muscle and whatever you feed into it, that's what's going to happen. So to me, I always felt if I'm thinking positive, I think a certain way it's going to happen. I never heard anybody that say, like, Jay, imagine the whole time you're trying to get into the media, the whole time you're telling yourself, oh, man, I suck. I can't do this. I can't right. do this. I'm never going to make it. I can't do this. It's not going to happen. I don't know anybody that kept telling themselves that they can't do something and end up being good at it. You know, so that's kind of my mindset is like, hey, if I feed myself and tell myself, hey, Ryan, you're going to get better. You're going to walk again. But actually put that work into doing it, actually set up a plan and a process to doing it, it's, it's possible. And I think that's what, that's what a lot of people, they allow their minds to speak, they, they allow themselves to speak to negative talk to themselves, which will make it really difficult for you actually to, to get to where you want to go. So I just always was really positive to myself. And then when I had days where I was down or sad or upset, and I was like, man, I, man, I can't do this today. My wife was like, yep, that's not Ryan today. I, I don't like that energy. And she was like, hey, you got this. You said you want to walk again. You said you want to make it to the NFL again. Because everybody's going to have bad days. You're going to have down days. But I just felt like when I had those down days, that I immediately told somebody, and they helped me reset it to right. get back on track. And that's what a lot of us don't do. We we fight it ourselves. Or we think, oh, I don't want to be burdened to anybody or something mm-hmm. like that. But the more we can open up to our teammates or family, help us just one away. It's one step away. It's one inch away. It's one yard away. Right? It's one 100%. phone call away. You're right about that. And I think a lot of people fail to realize that so many people are just – so scared to, you know, call somebody, so scared to be a burden to somebody. At the end of the day, I remember I actually went to a friend of my house and his son ended up messing his leg up playing basketball, but he's in college. And his dad was like, hey, like call call some of your friends to, t- uh, to take you to the hospital. He was like, man, I don't want to bother them there at dinner. And the dad said, if they're your friends, they're going to be happy that you called yes. because they they want to make sure you're all right. He was like, they'll stop what they're doing to take you out to eat. And I was like, man, you're right. Like, if somebody really cares about you, if it's important enough, you're not a burden. The first time I opened up to my friends, it was a couple of years ago at the Super Bowl. I called Rondé Barber and two of our other friends, our little crew down in Tampa. We were going down the Tampa Super Bowl. And I said, hey, um, man, let's uh, let's have dinner tonight. I need to see you guys tonight. And they all said, no, nah, we're busy. I said, no, no, I need to see you guys tonight. I'm struggling. And they said, oh, okay, well, all right, we're there. Every yeah. one of them, they were there. And then when I told them, Two of them said, oh, man, I'm struggling, too. I just I didn't know how to talk about it. That's one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast and with, with my book and Brankles, trying to give words so we can have this conversation to get people to understand your people will be there for you. Same exact message that you just had, Ryan. Yeah, that's what a lot of people fail to realize. They feel like they're a burden. They feel like they're yeah. a hassle on somebody. But if you tell somebody, hey, like, I really need you right now. Like, this is really important to me. Like, I, 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 I need somebody I can lean on. If somebody's your friend, they're going to stop what they're doing and they're going to be there for you. I try and tell people all the time, don't try and figure your life out. It'll drive you crazy. I don't know why good things happen to bad people and people who are doing bad things. I don't know why bad things happen to good people. No idea why. And let's not try and figure it out. How much did you have to wrestle with yourself? Uh, Why me? So I actually didn't wrestle myself with that as much because I had read a book recently and it was, I think it was called like uh, seven things successful people do, but, mm-hmm. but it was 
it's more of a story and it just told you the things that happened throughout the success. And one of the things that was in the book, and I read this when I was injured, it said a lot of people ask why me? That means you're basically saying why 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 me? So you're basically saying why not Jay? You know what I'm saying? So it's just, oh, wow. you know and most people don't think about it like that. Yeah. So so then I but in the book it says why not me? Why not be the person that makes a difference? Why not be the person that makes a change? And that's kind of how I started. I actually leaned into that. So wow. instead of actually, oh, why me? I was more of, I, I was more of, why not me? Like, God put me here for a purpose. A lot right. of people say if they was in my position, they would have gave up. I didn't give up. Now I'm showing people that they can overcome. So actually, when I was going through this whole process, I actually had a call from me, you know, a talk with my dad in the car one day. And I was actually, I cried a little bit about it because, Everybody's like, man, Ryan, you're so you're such an inspiration, man. You inspire me so much. And I asked my dad, I'm like, man, what's the inspiration? Like, what's the def- obviously I know what the definition of inspiration is. I'm like, but dad, what's the inspiration? Because people always tell me, Ryan, you're an inspiration to me. But I was like, I'm just out here trying to like get better every single day. I'm just trying to live my best life. I'm just trying to every day, I'm just trying to get back to where I want to be. And he was just like, Ryan, the fact that you're doing that and not giving up on yourself, that's what inspires people. And, and then I was like, oh man, you know, so it just it to gives me, us hope. I, yeah, it gives people hope. And uh, but I I just feel like just having my you know my family and people around me, like people like UJ and just my friends. When I feel like I have somebody I, I trust, I open up to them and let them know what's going on. Because if you don't have people around that you can't open up to, man, I, I feel it's a really tough life out here to live. Right. We don't have to have the Pittsburgh Steelers be our team. They could be your team, right? Part of your teammates, <laughs> but there's teammates everywhere for us, and we gotta lean into them. That's that's one of the ways we can we can fight back. We got to walk this walk together. In your journey back, what's been the the one thing that you've done where you're like, "Damn, Ryan, I can't believe you did that!" Like it, it inspired you. Oh man. Um, so some of the things that I've done was like when I was able to box jump again. You know, uh, I think the at the height of my recovery when I was like rehabbing every single day in the midst of trying to become you know play in the NFL again. I had box jump and it was like 30, 38 or 36 or something like that. Really? So yeah. And and I wasn't even all the way a hundred percent healthy yet. Then my therapist was like, he was like, man, Ryan, just even the fact that you can do this and you're not even a hundred percent. He's like, this is crazy to me. <laughs> because he's, right. the, this thing that's so funny is like my wife tried to do the same thing and she couldn't even do it. You know? <laughs> so like just some of the things that when it came to working out of, and just showing what type of athlete I was before I got injured, and how I was very close to getting back to that same guy. Just some of the like workout things I would do, being able to get back to lifting some heavy weight, being able to do some box jumps, you know. And and to me, it's just the fact of I remember to this day when I couldn't even move my leg. I remember I had I have a video on my phone on the first day I moved my leg. And like now I just walked up and down and ran up and down my stairs really fast so I could get something out of the kitchen. It's crazy to me. Like just getting back to the simple thing that like, a lot of people fail to realize. That's that's the thing that I I'm just really uh, appreciative of. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step, and you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. 
A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It also goes to show, and I want every athlete out there listening, I want everybody you know who, who's gone through professional sports, because I've helped a lot of guys in transition after they retired from NFL, obviously from, from mixed martial arts, Olympians, whole different, you know, different sports, uh, baseball, basketball, hockey, everything. I always tell people like you playing in the NFL is not who you are. What's yeah. behind your rib cage that got you to beat out millions and millions and millions to be on that level. That's who you are. That suddenly doesn't just leave when the uniform comes off. You have shown that, right? You still have that same thing behind your rib cage to get you to do incredible, incredible things. And that's what's so important to have a team around you to remind you of what your greatness is. It's not that uniform, man. It's you. It's what's behind your ribcage. It's special. No, you're 100% right. It's, it's it's so crazy when guys leave the game, they forget what it all took to get there. Yeah. You know, and if we just pour it back into that, when it comes to rehabbing, when it comes to, you know, a business, when it comes to just living life outside of the game, we just have to pour into it like we poured into trying to build into the NFL again. And those things will happen for us. And, 
that's what I did. I just poured into everything that I had in me to, you know, play in the NFL. And I just poured all that into trying to play again and trying to walk again. And I was able to do so. You know, we just had the NFL draft recently or drafts, Super Bowls, training camps, things like that. Are they, are they hard for you to see? Like The hardest moment for me, uh, honestly, it's probably like a year and a half, two years after I got hurt, when everybody that I got drafted with was starting to get paid. And I love and I love football to death. Like I wasn't playing for money, but it was just kind of seeing like, oh, guys that I was very similar to, better or worse, then they were like, you know, starting to like, hey, I, I fulfilled the dream of making the NFL, then now I, I can take care of my family forever. Right. Type of thing. So like that, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, that was probably one of the toughest things for me because like, oh man, like I was four games away, you know, right, right. but but at the end of the day, life isn't about money, you know, so that's the one thing that it made it like as I continue to get older, it allowed me to mentally get in the right space and understand that, hey, Ryan, your family is good. You have Ryan, you have two wonderful kids, a wonderful wife and how to transition into what I'm doing now. But that was probably one of the toughest things for me, like just because the draft, not as much. Um, sometimes I will watch a game here and there. And I would just watch somebody play. Like, I remember this was initially right when I got hurt, but I remember watching Raekwon, Roquan Smith when he was at Georgia before. And the way he was playing, it kind of made me cry because I was just like, man, I was, you know, just watching him play. It was very similar to how I felt like I played. But to this day, not not anymore. But it, those were, it was a lot closer to the moment than it is now. What you're doing is way more, and I, I know it, people go, oh, yeah, it's easy for you to say, Jay. You know, <laughs> money is money in certain ways. You could pay your bills, but, man, our, our wallets are not antidepressants. But what you're doing, like the people that you're helping, that's your equity forever. That yeah. makes you a wealthy man. Yeah. Right? And that's what you got to remind yourself of all the time. Yeah, and that's and that's the one thing that I actually, I'm happy that I have the fund, the, the lives that we're changing with my with my foundation. And just to be able to just support to people and understand and help them overcome. So like I like you were saying, like to be able to pour into people and the legacy that you lead to me is the like you said, is the equity that I'm growing compared to just, you know, having uh dollars in my pocket. I I understand you also you started a new business, something that helped you get through a lot of the mental hurdles and struggles. Fill me in on that. Yeah, so I actually have a uh, a strand of medical marijuana here in Pennsylvania that that we we have. So Pennsylvania is a, a medical state. It's not a recreational state. So we have a medical strand here. One is called Shalee. One is called Walking Miracle. One is called Speed. And then one is just called uh, Brian Shaver 50. And I wanted to be able to partner with a, a company here named Organic Remedies because of just the quality of medical grade marijuana they have, but also they also helped me when I was going through my injury. So when I was going through my injury, sometimes I would be depressed. Sometimes it, I would have some pain that I would deal with. And just through my family history, I have people that have been addicted to alcohol and, you know, different types of drugs and things like that. So I, I never wanted to be uh, someone that got uh, really, uh, that used opioids a lot. I never wanted to be something, I didn't. I never wanted to use them a lot. So I, I, I leaned more into uh, medical marijuana and it helped me out a lot. It helped me with my back pain. It helped me when it came to sometimes when I was depressed or sad. It, it just it allowed me to just get a little bit of relief. So I, I recently partnered with the company here, Organic Remedies, and uh, throughout the whole state of Pennsylvania, we're helping sell it. 
How, how did you originally, who did the doctors originally give you or, or a friend originally give you? No. So the way it worked is I have a really good friend of mine who's a pharmacist and he, he's kind of in the medical space. And I had a friend, he was my friend before I even got hurt. And I just talked to him. I was like, man, I don't have a medical card because you can't just have a medical card playing in the NFL. So I was like, I don't have a medical card. Um, I kind of want to, you know, try, you know, medical marijuana instead of just, you know, using some opioids while I'm dealing with my injury. Right. So he connected me with organic remedies. I ended up getting a medical card while I was injured. And then it kind of went on from there. I was using the product for a while. And then we just, you know, talked together and was like, hey, I think it might be a good idea if we can release a strand here in Pennsylvania that can help our people. And then hopefully, you know, we can kind of grow it across the country. But uh, the one thing I really like about it is like we even had a pop-up on 420 and, you know, people actually came to me and said, hey, Ryan, you don't understand how much your strands are, are changing my life, how how much I'm benefiting from them. So uh, it's, it's, it's been it's been great and I'm, I'm happy that I was able to release them. Before I let you go, two more questions. Give me the, the one moment that someone's come to you and said, man, you, you saved me, you changed me by something I heard you say or something I've seen you do that has really stuck with you. Man, it's, it's, it's so crazy because like sometimes people would come to me and, you know, like I was in Dallas yesterday and somebody would come to me and was like, Hey man, are you Ryan Shazier? And I was like, yeah. And it's like, man, you're such a great player. So like, I'll get that sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I'll, people would just come to me randomly. It was like, Ryan, you don't understand how much you are an inspiration to me and my family. Like it was one day I was actually committed, like thinking about committing suicide and just the, the way that you fought back. In the way that you just kept pushing, I read your book and it made me want to keep pushing. I just want to say thank you. And so when people come to me with <laughs> with information like that, sometimes to me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I was able to to change this person's life. And I don't even know who that person is. So it's to me, it's just so crazy how God works in, in, in mysterious ways. And uh that's probably one of the one of the times when somebody came to me and, and said, What I've done is really helped change your life. And that person that you saved and the people you saved, you don't know what they've done. They may have helped others. They may have saved yeah. others. They may cure disease one day. Like you have no idea the ripple effect of the good right. that you're doing, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So last question here. And I ask all my, my guests this. And you may have already said it, but give me your unbreakable moment. And I've been during that process. Give me your unbreakable moment. Something that really should have broken you during the process or another part, part in your life. And as a result, you came through the other side of that tunnel stronger, and you've been able to use that for the rest of your life. I, I would just say going through a spinal cord injury, yeah. I, I, would, I would say that would be my unbreakable moment because I, I actually I have something every week, Jay. It's called Ryan Time. So Ryan Time, I was going to Zoom like we're on right now, and I was spending about um, – it depends on how long the person wants to talk. It could be, I've, I've had five-minute talks, and I've, I've had an hour and 30-minute talks. And the reason I'm going to say that is because it's based off of talking to the person. And I would who, talk who, to them. who are the people? People that have spinal cord injuries. Oh, and, wait, really? Yeah. How do they and get I, in touch with you? You get in touch with them. So my fund has, uh, we, we have something called Ryan Time. People can get set up through my website uh, on uh, ryanshazerfund.org and set up for Ryan Time. Dude, and, that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Why do we, I not know this? Go ahead. <laughs> and we, we'll do it. We'll do it every Thursday. And the one thing, and the reason I said it depends on the person because I've talked to somebody before. And they were just so shut down and I was trying to talk to them, but it was just like, I'm not, I'm not having a good day. And for some odd reason, they didn't know, they didn't believe that I was Ryan Shazier. 
So it was like five minutes. It was like five minutes. Right. And I was like, all right, all right, cool. But but uh, but I've also been on other ones. What they say your AI Ryan Shazir all of a sudden? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't right know. Right there on Zoom. <laughs> it was literally like this on Zoom. I don't know what I don't know what happened. I had the jerseys in the background. And I don't know what I don't know what happened. But uh but then I'll talk to other people and some people you can see how mentally having a spinal cord injury is breaking them. And 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 I try to talk to them to try to motivate a lot of people to overcome are individuals that are very positive or people that are doing well just to keep them going. And to me, I think just having a spinal cord injury and be able to talk to people on how to overcome it, that's that was my unbreakable moment because I talked to a lot of people and Jay, I remember talking to this one lady and it and it's so sad. It makes me really sad. But I went to her hospital. Normally, I would just do a Zoom call, but I went to her hospital. And I was like, hey, man, you know, you have a family to live for. Man, you got to keep pushing. I know it's tough. Like, just trying to motivate her. And she was like, I, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. Jay, I promise you, she was around your age. She ended up uh, killing herself. Mm. Because, like, because, mm. and, but she killed herself by just, like, by self-doubt. Like, she didn't, like, commit suicide. She just, like, she, it was just, like, her her mental was so bad that it was like, I don't want to be here no more. And that's what ended up happening. And it, it, wow. to me, it's just a really sad moment. And I just think that, you know, people need to understand that, hey, your your mind can, hey, do really good for you and allow you to reach these really high places. But also, it also can it can tear you down. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to understand, like, we all have unbreakable moments. We just have to keep pushing and just find a way through. That's what I think. I think having a spinal cord injury is mind back for sure. Yeah, brother, if there's anybody who is unbreakable, it is you. I am proud to walk this walk with you, man. I'm proud to call you brother. Proud to call you friend, man. I'm really proud of you, man. No, thank you so much, Jay. I feel the same way about you. Absolutely, brother. Love you, dude. That is Ryan Shazir. He is as unbreakable as they come. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elliot connie 
Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.